Hi, dear listeners. Welcome to another episode of Immigrant Duo. I'm Nicole from the US. And I'm Kay from South Korea. In this episode, we'll be discussing our experiences surrounding finding friendship, a community, and assimilating into German culture. Speaking of German culture, let's first start by talking about the beer we're drinking today and then complain about something that's bothering us this week. Yeah, I didn't think about how stereotypically German this segment is when I first created it. Personally, I just like beer and complaining. Anyway, it's time for Unhappy Hour! Today we're drinking another Pilsner. As I mentioned before, Pilsners seem to be the most common beer sold in stores, which makes sense since it's an all-around good standard beer, right? Yeah, I think so. But the Pilsner we're drinking today is extra special. Why is that? Well, we were grocery shopping yesterday and I noticed the crate of beer was 40% off. Here in Germany, they sell these plastic crates which hold 20 bottles of 500ml beers. You can grab a bottle or two out to purchase individually or buy the whole crate at once. Since it was so cheap, we had to buy it. Unfortunately, I had to rug a crate full of glass bottle home, but it was worth it. How much do you think that crate weighed? I don't know, like 20 kilograms something. We're only like 5 minutes from the store, but that's still a long way to carry a big ass crate. Yeah, like I didn't expect. How do your arms feel today? I don't feel anything. I guess you're just strong. I mean, I don't feel anything. I don't have sense anything. (laughs) Your arms are numb. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thanks for carrying that back for us. So we ended up paying only about 9 euros for 10 liters of beer. I did the math and that's about 45 cents per bottle, which is a damn good price for beer. Usually it's like twice that. Yeah, indeed. So we're drinking Halle Odor Pilsner. I don't know its correct pronunciation, but I try. Which has been being brewed since 1872. There are only three ingredients, water, malt, and hops. So it definitely follows the beer purity law that we talked about last week. So what do you like about it? It was cheap. <laughs> yeah, that's a major selling point for us both. Yeah, but the taste was also good. It was like a legit personal that like you can imagine. But like you can feel the traditional way. When I drink it, I can feel like historically, like 100 years ago, people were drinking this one, same yeah. thing. And like, the label looks like it's about 100 years old too. Yeah, it's very classic. It's kind of cool. So what's your rating? Well, my rating is 8. 8 out of 10? Yeah, 8 out of 10. Maybe 7.5. Is there any alcoholic drink that you would give a 10 out of 10 rating? Espresso martini. That's 10 out of 10. Why do you like that so much? It has caffeine and alcohol. So it's like you're just like, screw you system, just make you like caffeinated and like super tired at the same time. Yeah, like 203 modern major nutrition. Alcohol, caffeine, nicotine. For me, my 10 out of 10 drink is rum punch. I only ever drank it. I only drank it once. I was like during a bachelorette party a couple years ago Mm -hmm. in the US and it was just really good. Like it was sweet, which I usually don't like super sweet drinks, but like in the summer, there was just something about, I think there was like a coconutty taste, I think there was mango juice, which made it really smooth, and then of course there's rum. I could probably drink that a lot if I wasn't too lazy to make cocktails. What made you unhappy this week? Like, relatively this week has been good, but something bothers me in my personal life. The window doesn't have any screen. Yeah, I was going to pick that too. <laughs> oh yeah? Yeah. Told me in this morning, like, we have another family, another spider. <laughs> Yeah, we got two spiders now. Yeah. A couple of days ago, we only had one. Now we have two. Yeah. Well, you can talk about it later. Where I want to pick something else. The other thing is the floor. It keep creaking when I step. Yeah, because it's like 100 years old. Yeah. It reminds me of my grandma's house because she lived in a house that was like over 100 years old and her uh-huh. floor was really creaky like that. Yeah, I don't like it. Like in Korea, I never experienced like this kind of floor. So like this one makes me 
you know, stress out. Yeah, I feel like I'm bothering the neighbors below us because we do yeah. have people below us, and I feel like yeah. I don't want to walk around because it's yeah. super creaky. But also, I can't avoid it. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna hear everything, like every step that I step. Yeah, but they're probably and used I to. I feel it. I, mean, I feel bad. Yeah, but the funny thing is, I don't hear creaking sounds from above. Maybe only we can hear it. I'm Hopefully. not sure. I hope so. I can see why you picked that, because it definitely makes me a little stressed, too. Yeah. How about you? How's beer? I definitely agree with you. The reason that I really like this beer is because it was cheap. It was 40% off. So, mm-hmm. of course, it was much cheaper than normal. Mm-hmm. And it's just a decent beer. I wouldn't say it's, like, the most flavorful beer. You know, it only has a few ingredients, and it just tastes really light and refreshing. So I would definitely also give it an 8 out of 10. Mm-hmm. It's just a standard beer. I think I would give most beers an 8 out of 10, to be honest. Unless it's really bad, like Budweiser or something. I would not give that. Oh, Budweiser is... It's, it just tastes like water, like super watery. I don't like it. Yeah, Budweiser has different flavor, I think, with the German beer. Piss water? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what made you unhappy this week? For me, what made me unhappy was what Ki talked about earlier, having extra family members move in uninvited. So I'm really scared of spiders, um, but I won't kill them. I give them names. So that one's name is Dave, and that one over there I named Chris. And they're like the same spider. What are they doing there, right? They're the fruit flies. So basically we keep the window open at night because it's a lot cooler outside than it is inside at night. And so all the bugs come in because there's no screen to keep them out. So two spiders have moved in, and they have effectively killed the fruit flies, which is why I like having spiders around. Dave and Chris are doing a good job because I can see little fruit flies in their webs. So that's why I've let Dave and Chris stay here, but like spiders do terrify me. So every time I look at them, I get goosebumps up my arms and legs. Like I shiver because they like freak me out. Yeah. If you have another family spider, yeah, I'm going to kick them out all. Yeah. I woke up this morning and there was two and I was like, this is just, just too much. It's just... All the bugs inside the house is what's bothering me this week because there's no screens on the windows. Yeah, yeah. Which is so pointless and stupid. Because I think in the U.S., this could be regional, but at least where I grew up, there was definitely screens in the windows because there's a shit ton of bugs all summer long. Mm -hmm. And also in South Korea, there's a shit ton of bugs, including mosquitoes. So there's definitely screens. Like Germany definitely has a lot of bugs. They're everywhere all the time, just like anywhere else. So I don't know why they don't have screens. doesn't make sense. I have no idea. Alright, I think it's time to move on to our main topic, fitting in as immigrants in a foreign country. So, so far, how has it been for making friends in Germany for you? Oh, well, I met some friends from work, but like besides work, I don't think I have any friends in Germany. Do you feel like the people that you work with are true friends or like acquaintances? They are between. I think we have more relationship, like some of them. We have more than relationship, just colleague, but I cannot say like true friend. No, true friend is like making one true friend in your life is already so difficult. Especially as an adult anywhere in the world. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, in Germ- both in Germany and Korea, it was very difficult for me to make friends. Mm-hmm. I feel like I had to do it so inorganically. When you're outside of the cultural majority, especially, but also both like Korea and Germany, have a specific culture that makes it really, really hard to make friends as an adult. So like generally in Korea and Germany, most people make friends in elementary through high school Mm -hmm. and maybe college, and then they stay friends with those people for their entire life, unless they're moving around. So like, for example, both in Korea and Germany, you go to a bar and everyone is there with their friends specifically, and nobody is talking with anyone else outside Mm -hmm. of their group that they came with. Yeah. In the US, I feel like it is still really hard to make friends as an adult to find people that you really relate with and who like 
you really connect with. I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm from the U.S., but like, for example, I went back to the U.S. a couple years ago, and I made like two friends, people that I would actually want to be friends with, who I liked as people who I thought were really interesting, but like I couldn't be friends with them because I was only visiting the U.S. I haven't made any friends here in Germany because it's so inorganic and it's so uncomfortable for me. While living in Korea, I probably made maybe 20 friends total, Mm -hmm. ranging from like somewhat acquaintancy friend to like genuine friend. I've only had one genuine friend that I liked out of those 20. Everyone else was kind of like a friend of convenience. And then like in order to make a friend, you basically have to like join a specific Facebook group for immigrant people in that country. Basically make like a friend wanted ad and then have somebody respond and then meet up for like a friend date. So you get to see if you like each other or not. And so a lot of times you don't connect. There's a lot less options than like Mm -hmm. in your home country. You have pretty much, if you're the majority, you have the majority of people you could potentially be friends with that are in your age range. Mm -hmm. But when you're an immigrant, there's a significantly smaller portion, especially English-speaking immigrants. It's just very difficult and there's people from all sorts of different countries. So I think I've only been friends with maybe two people who are from the U.S. out of all those friends I've made just because it's hard. While I do like being friends with people from other countries, I would like to have a friend that's from the U.S. Mm -hmm. because I feel like they can understand me, especially a woman on the same level as me. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you have enough friends in your life? In general, yeah, but they are living in different countries. So all your friends live not in Germany? Not in Germany. Just my true friend that I met them and were known them maybe 20 more years. You know, I wish I can have like one of them here where I can make another true good friend yeah. in Germany. When I consider a true friend that like I can talk bullshit to them and like I can sacrifice me for them or they can also sacrifice by themselves for me. That kind of deep relationship that we trust each other. Like we don't have to talk about it, but we can just know it by looking at the eyes or looking at the motions. Yeah. Like that kind of things I consider. Yeah, this is true friend. But I didn't make any that kind of deep relationship with anybody in Germany. And so you want to? Is yeah, that a goal I, w- I want to make, yeah. When we first came here, you did connect with the Korean community and you like met up with some people. Have you recently like been in contact with them or not? I mean, yeah, we're talking and, you know, kakao talk. And they're good friends, but they're not my true friend. You know what I mean? We don't have that deep relationship. Yeah. Do you think it's Just possible net- or you're friends of convenience, networking? Well, I think it's just networking. They are also considering me as a networking. Well, that's sad. I mean, like, it takes time, you know. Yeah, but I think there's a something at the beginning, a spark, just like in yeah. a romantic relationship. There's a spark in the beginning of making a friend where you're like, yeah, I could totally see myself being really close to this person someday. Yeah, yeah, right. And I that c- I, can I have feel not, that. I have not found that. Like, I can, at all. I can feel that. Like if we, like if I stay here more than ten years, then oh yeah, definitely we're gonna be our best friends in Germany. But, like, we just need more time. I think the only true friend that I actually made in Korea was Nicole, the other Nicole. (laughs) Of course, she had my name, so of course I was like, yes, let's be best friends. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't tried to make any friends here in Germany at all. Like, I did join a Facebook group because Uh that's how I made friends when I was in Korea. That's pretty much the only reason I still have Facebook. Like, I don't even use it for anything. I occasionally update, like, the grandparents and other extended family, Mm -hmm. like, once a year with a selfie of us, and that's about it. The other reason that I have it is because usually there's some sort of immigrant women Facebook group dedicated to wherever we're living. So there was a few in Korea and also Mm -hmm. there's one here in Berlin. I just haven't felt, it's like the same with language, learning German. Because I put so much effort into like in Korea to make friends, to try to fit in and to assimilate to the culture, I guess, sort of. I kind of am running on empty it now and I feel like I'm just trying to replenish that desire to make friends, to fit in, to learn a language. 
because I'm just kind of already burnt out. Eventually I'll make friends, eventually I'll learn the language, but for right now I'm just kind of regenerating. Do you think it'd be easier to find a genuine friend who's Korean or you don't have a preference? Like, you well, don't... I, don't, I don't have any preference. Do you think trying to make friends with other Koreans would be easier or you think it'd actually be easier to make true friends with non-Koreans? Well, because of the language barrier, it'd be like easier to make genuine Korean friends. But like to be honest, making genuine friends in Germany should be German. So you want to make specifically German friends? I mean, if it's possible, yeah, because, you know, they are German, so they have more possibility that they're going to stay here more long time. Yeah. Another Korean or other immigrants, someone like me, they're like, we have a possibility that we could live eventually. Yeah, while I agree with that to an extent, I feel like it's harder to make friends with people who are citizens of the country if you're an immigrant. Unless they've lived overseas as an immigrant, it's harder to relate to them. Mm -hmm. You know, if they've lived in Germany their whole life and they've only traveled a little bit here and there, your mindsets might be a lot different. Yeah, but I can tell the cultural difference is going to be a barrier, but genuine friends should be overcoming. Yeah, I think being open to yeah. the possibility of being good friends with anyone from any country is a good idea. Yeah, just like accepting their culture. And I'm fine from my side to new genuine friend. But the problem is new, from my new genuine friend to my side, if they're going to accept me or not, that That's is important. Yeah, it's not depends on me, it depends on him. And then there's the great question of how do you make friends with Germans? I mean, like, the I only know. thing I've heard is joining clubs, but you need to speak German first. And that's going to take you a year, possibly two years of like intense studying to get to a level where you're comfortable speaking to other people in German. Adult Germans, I've heard they've said like join a club because there's a lot of clubs for all sorts of different activities. But you need to speak German first. And then you have to actually like find a, a club that's open. So it's like, how do you make friends with Germans besides that? Is it only clubs? Because well, there's nothing... I, I, I don't... can I can start with my colleagues. Your German colleagues? Yeah. I just feel like there's always some kind of barrier between yourself and your coworkers. It's hard to become like genuine friends because you have to be professional with yeah. the people you work with because you have to bring that kind of thing home. Like if you disagree at work or something, it could ruin the entire friendship somehow. Yeah, I know, but that kind of things... The atmosphere at work but it doesn't have to be your culture like i believe that even like very stiff atmosphere at work or around inside company but you can make your own culture around you the problem is i feel like i'm always stiff at work i'm very much like i'm gonna go to work i'm gonna do my job i'm gonna be polite to people but i'm gonna just i can only focus on my job yeah but me as well inside our company you know i can feel like a little bit stiff but people around me isn't, especially working with me because I'm always you know, trying to break the stiff atmosphere. I hate it. I hate stiff atmosphere. It makes me nervous and it makes me, you know, not able to think properly. You know, it makes me unfunctional, malfunctional. I don't like it. People has to be a little bit relaxed, but a little bit nervous that like what we are doing, that we have to be aware of it. And we need like very obvious vision or target or, or purpose that why we are doing it. When it is clear as a crystal, or clear as mud, clear as mud. <laughs> then like we can be relaxed because we know where we are going to. We know what we want to. We know what we want to get in the end. Do you think that kind of mindset is like common in Korean culture or no? Normally it's stiff, but it's, I don't know, like I, I cannot say this is better or this is worse. It just depends on people. Like some people will be more functional in stiff atmosphere where when they are in tension or when it's so quiet. For me, like it's a little bit messy 
the atmosphere, like just joke around. But I like it as long as we have cleared the target. Yeah, as long as the job gets done. The problem that I have from my experience working in an office in the U.S. specifically, I was very stiff towards my colleagues, I think, because they talk about random shit. And I feel like it's just distracting from getting the job done. And so things get done really slow. And then I'm just like picking up the pieces. And so I feel like, like you said, there needs to be some kind of balance. Well, it's different with distracting. I didn't mean distracting, like joking around, like refreshing the atmosphere. But like we have to come back to our goal. Like we are not losing focus for a long time. Yeah. Just refreshing. So like open the window and like, hey, let's get back to work again with refreshed mindset. Like I'm always breaking the ice first because I hate stuffy. There's ice, I gotta break it. I don't know how you do that because when I go to work, I'm just miserable. So I'm just like, let me do the work, get it done and be done with it. Well, if I don't, like I'm doing that because I don't want to be miserable. Yeah, I get that. But it's a lot of work to manage the tone of the office or your work for everyone. That sounds exhausting to me. Yeah, I think it's possible because I'm always working together with them. So like I can sense very similar things and like I'm trying to break it. Balancing work life, especially I'm sure in a U.S. company in Germany with a bunch of immigrants from other countries. So it's a very unique work culture for you, I think. Yeah, true. And just assimilating to that culture, blending in, but also, you know, bringing your own cultural value, your own personal values to work. I'm sure adds a lot of pressure Mm -hmm. for you. But I'm getting used to it. Yeah, I think any any job takes getting used to, but also, you know, you're living in a foreign country, you're working a new job, you're working with a lot of different mindsets from people all over the world. Sounds chaotic, but also rewarding. Yeah, it depends on how our project done. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but generally, like when I'm coming back home, like I feel good. And I always like force myself that I got to feel good and I just feel good. I feel good and I feel good. And you feel good? Yeah, I feel good. I knew that I would. There's a pretty small Korean community here. That How has that affected your life? They're kind of oasis. When I'm really desiring, want to try some you know, Korean food, then I can go there. It's not... It's not as, good. <laughs> yeah, it's not as good as the real Korean yeah. restaurant in Korea, but similar. And like it doesn't appeal me 100%, but it does 90% or 85%, something like that. Pretty high. So you never feel fully satisfied, but it's always close enough that you're, you're yeah. like, I can handle another day here. Yeah. Honestly, though, I feel like the most simple of Korean foods is kimchi, of course. All Asian restaurants have it in general, and they charge like 3.5 to 4 euro for it. Mm-hmm. It's stupid. And then like that one place that you went to didn't even have any kimchi with the whole meal, which is insane. I don't think I've ever had a Korean meal without any kimchi or like, I don't know, any sort of fermented pickled mm-hmm. vegetable when we were living in Korea. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of sad, but I haven't found really good kimchi here yet, which is like kind of balances out the Korean meal and makes it feel like more satisfying. Well, when you bought the baby go kimchi, that was pretty good to me. Yeah, but it was it wasn't fresh enough for me. Like it was already like or or yeah, too fermented to where it would be good for like the stew or fried rice, but not for eating as a side. It's different with eating new made kimchi, like sen kimchi. But sen kimchi is like my favorite. Okay. Or like, you know, fermented for maybe a week. Yeah, that one is actually impossible to get here, but I if think. But you, if you get kimchi and it's translucent already, the mm-hmm. white parts, it's too ripe for me. It was already too sour, personally. It would have been really good with like some samgyeopsal, mm-hmm. pork belly, mm-hmm. wrapping around. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That would have been super good. Shoot. Shaija. 
They are building a new kimchi factory in Poland, though. Yeah, they got, yeah. From here. Yeah. So they'll have hopefully some fresh kimchi. Yeah. More fresh. So we'll move on to talking about cultural assimilation, which is more like basically becoming more German in your cultural mm-hmm. values, I guess, mm-hmm. or the way that you are culturally is like converting mm-hmm. to fit the standard German mold. For me personally in South Korea, I felt like all of the programs that the government made, like for example, they had free language classes, which I took a lot of, but they always felt quite like they were pushing us to assimilate, pushing us to kind of disregard our own culture and like only focus on Korean culture, which is insane to me because you'll never be accepted as a foreign person in Korean culture ever. Like you could even be Korean American and never be fully accepted in Korean culture because that makes you just different enough that you're never going to fit in no matter what because Korea is so homogenous as a society extremely to the point where if you're even slightly different like you'll stick out and you just feel like an other the immigrant population is only one percent of the entire population so a pretty small immigration population so as far as assimilation went i feel like assimilation is kind of a negative thing culturally because cultural assimilation is like basically becoming like the culture that you immigrated to or becoming a certain culture that doesn't come naturally to you and it's usually forced Do you feel like the German government kind of wants you to become more German or no? No. Yeah, I don't feel that either. I think they don't care. And I think in Berlin, 20% of the population are immigrants. 20%. That's one in every five people, right? Mm -hmm. That's That's a really big immigrant population. Culture itself, like, I don't think it's actually like somebody made culture or the system made the culture. I don't think so. Like, culture is the result of a certain society. The certain society has a tendency to act in this way or like speaking in this way, and we are just calling it culture. That's what I believe. So, like, culture is not able to manage or something. The government, as a bureaucracy, they can recommend, you know, we have to accept. We are so even. There's no discrimination. They can recommend it, and they can make some role to you know follow their regulation or their recommendation. But personally, like individually, they cannot change people's mindset. So like over here, culture assimilation is working in like individual level. For example, I'm working in German company, then I'm just following the Korean culture how I work. And if German colleagues doesn't like my Korean culture working style, then I have to change it. Or I can keep it. It's my choice. But the consequence will be different. If I fit in to them, like they will like me and they'll consider me as I am. But I will probably get stressed out because I have to change. Or I can just keep containing my way and I don't give a fuck like other colleagues think about me and they don't like me. Then it will be consequence. So I have to make a choice. Yeah. It's a choice. It's like, I don't think I have to do like assimilation or something, whatever. It's just like individual level choice and you have to accept your consequence. Yeah, but both of those choices suck. Yeah, but it's everywhere. It's the same. Like, it's not only the culture thing. Like, if you are like working with like some manager and your manager changes and your manager doesn't like how you work, it's the same thing. Well, I think it's part of it is, you know, you need to analyze your your own cultural values that you were raised with in whatever country or region you come from. But also, like, moving to different countries, you need to analyze that as well and compare the two or multiple, however many cultures you identify with. Because you can find things in this new culture that you actually like more. For example, we were talking about this last week with the German working culture. Legally, you have to take about a month vacation every year, which is really nice. And that's something that, like, is not normal in my culture. It wasn't normal when I lived in South Korea but here it's normal. That's something I actually appreciate about the culture. So like I could see my cultural value 
changing to accept that part of the German culture and feel like, you know what, this is a good standard to have culturally for myself. And it makes sense. But, you know, there are other parts of German culture I don't like. There are other parts of U.S. and South Korean culture I don't like. So I feel like I'm constantly analyzing and comparing all three of them from my experiences of living in those three countries to decide kind of, because I think over time you're going to change a little bit living Mm -hmm. in different cultures. Culturally, internally, you're going to change the way that you act, the way you speak. My accent is still very much Midwestern, but I think it's changed a lot since I moved out of the Midwest U.S. Your mannerisms, like the expressions you'll do or say, all those things are going to change and they're going to mix and they're going to melt together to become like this new multicultural thing, which is why cultural assimilation really isn't 100% isn't possible, which is why you said you need to find a balance. You know, my case, I have to be neutral. Like people say, like, this is normal and this is normal and normal is not neutral. Normal is already made by the result of the people or humans. Like this is normal in this group. This is normal here. But normal is not normal out of that group. You don't have to be normal. You don't have to fit yourself there. Just accept it. Like you're going to become neutral. And just accept it and let it go. Let it out of you. Don't take it personal. In the end, it doesn't even matter. Like I the tried letter. so hard and got so far. In the end, it doesn't even matter. Okay. Yeah, I think that I agree with you overall because I think that you have to pick your battles. You have to decide what you're actually going to, what you're willing to be angry about and what you're willing to just let go. Because there are times that I get angry about something. It will be worth fighting with the person about it, defending myself. You know, I'm not necessarily yelling or anything. I'm talking about just, you know, defending my opinion or defending whatever. It might be worth the effort of expressing myself and how I feel and all that. But in a lot of cases, I realize that it's not worth that emotional energy that it's going to take from me. So I just distance myself from those people as much as possible. So I think I'm agreeing with you overall. Like you said, just let it wash over you, let it go through you. That's kind of what I do in a lot of cases. I mean, that's how you get through life without letting, you know, yourself be super upset by things all the time. Yeah. And, you know, that's not worth it either. So I I think I overall agree with you. Pick your battles. Most things aren't worth fighting for. Yeah. Eventually you have to fight. But make it better way. You can choose how you want to fight, with what, and where. If you have to fight, then make that fight that you can win. So, like, what is a specific challenge that you face related to German culture? And how have you overcome that challenge? Well, like, German bureaucrats, you know, the systems. I didn't like it, but what can I do, right? Uh, this is a fight that I can choose, right? I chose not to fight because, well, first, I'm not going to win. Yeah. And second, like, if I'm, like, keep angry about it, then it's just wasting all my energy and my time. During that I'm thinking about how much I hate it, then I can do something else. I think we need to move on to our final segment, which is called Something Missing, Something New. We're going to each share something we miss from our own country's culture and also something new that we're loving about Germany. So what's something you miss from Korea this week? Well... I don't know, like we were talking about Korean restaurant, food, like naengmyeon. Like this is so... Naengmyeon, yeah. Yeah, this you... is so hot. So like, I want to have naengmyeon. Naengmyeon is like cold noodle and it can be like a soup or without soup, but it's coming with generally with some mustard. And some ice. And Yeah, with some ice and some, you know, spicy pepper paste. It's like a lot of garlics and onions and like some apple water, whatever's. So it's really spicy, a little bit salty and sweet. A little bit of vinegar. Yeah, a little bit of vinegars. So it's like and the broth can be a chicken or pork or beef 
or just a little bit of beef and like more paste, like we say bibimnangmyeon. Yeah, like a mixed cold noodle. Yeah, without broth. Anyway, it's cold, so it's like very nice. Yeah, I'm sweating like crazy right now, and I, that sounds really good. Yeah, wish Germany have good naengmyeon restaurant here. You can make one. There probably is, probably somewhere that has naengmyeon, I, I bet. I just don't know if it's good. Yeah, you know what, I wouldn't find it. I need it. So what's something you're enjoying about Germany this week? Well, I don't know, like this weekend, I just, you know, like smoking cigarette in the balcony, listening to wind, whistling. It was so peaceful, I liked it. So peaceful, I feel like I'm on a vacation. Yeah, it does feel like that. Yeah. Like we're here for the summer, so it kind of feels like we're staying in a summer, a tiny little summer apartment. Yeah, so it was so lovely. I can be a Buddha. I can find my peace, inner peace. Meditation. Sounds good. And beer, with beer. Oh, damn, yeah. How about you? For something I'm missing, I think I'm missing my parents' trampoline. (laughs) 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 They actually got a trampoline after I moved out, of Mm -hmm. course. But like I went to visit them a couple years ago and we jumped on the trampoline. It was super fun. Fun to jump on the trampoline. They also have a little bonfire pit Mm -hmm. they keep on the patio. I miss that as well because it's really fun to like, you know, grill hot dogs or something and over the fire, mm-hmm. make some marshmallows. I just kind of miss, I don't know, just summer events with my family, being outside with my family. Because mm-hmm. I like it here, you know, it's fun and nice, but there are certain things that I miss about it. Yeah, it's so relaxing, but also so boring. We could go to a beer garden. We could go to a lake or pond to do something outside or walk around in a park. But yeah, sitting on the balcony is kind of boring. There's like no fires, nothing to do. As for something I'm enjoying this week, specifically Dooner Kebab. Because I don't know why we haven't mentioned this yet. Damn, yeah. It's the best It's the best part about Berlin, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Um, like we moved this week and so twice Ki was my delivery man. Because we moved somewhere where the delivery app doesn't deliver to us at all. So Ki was my delivery man. Twice he went to the local Dooner Kebab place which is actually good. It's just about as good as the one that we went to at our old apartment. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's so many dinner places everywhere that you can just find a decent one pretty much anywhere you're at in Berlin, I think. So that, yeah, it's just delicious. It's like you can get it with bread and then there's like veggies inside and meat and sometimes cheese and different sauces. The meat could be chicken. It could be veal. Veal is very common. So yeah, it's just really refreshing. It's really balanced. It's like a really good, warm kind of sandwich thing. You could also get it in a wrap. Or Key really likes the Dooner box, mm-hmm. which is pretty much just the veggies, sometimes potatoes, I think. Yeah, I think I can choose salad or potatoes. And it's easy, and it's it's relatively cheap, especially compared to German food. You know, mm-hmm. here, I feel like every German restaurant charges like 20 euros for one dish, maybe 15, which is insane. But a Dooner is around 6 or 7 euro, depending on where you go. Immigrants bring good stuff because it's the Turkish immigrants that came over here and they kind of put a twist on their traditional kebab and made it into Duner, how it is now. Mm-hmm. Because of not assimilating to the culture, but kind of balancing out both cultures, they made a new food item that's delicious. Well, I think we're about done with this week's episode. Immigrant life is messy and complicated, but I think it's a humbling experience that I'm overall really grateful for. What do you think? Yeah, it's good. It's very positive. Well, thank you for joining us, uh, husband and wife duo. And our cat Bobo. As we try to make sense of the world living in a culture that's not our own. That's a wrap. Bobo, you got something to say? Bye, guys. Bye.